the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The more righteous a person is, the more merciful they will be. The more sinful a person is, the more harsh and critical they will be. If you're around people who call themselves Christian but are harsh and critical, you can be assured that they are filled with some unrepentant sin. Verse 7 of Matthew chapter 5 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Pastor Leighton Sheely moves into the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew, the Beatitude chapter. And if you've missed any of the messages in this series from the book of Matthew, you can find them on the web at highlands.us. All the links to our media can be found right there on the homepage. That's highlands.us. And here's Pastor Leighton. Now, the Beatitudes call followers of Jesus to stand out and be different from those around them. And he promises that those who do will be blessed. So the question is, do we want to live a life that's blessed? I think the answer is absolutely. I I assume that's why you're here today, right? We're all here today because we want to live a life that's blessed. So let's listen then to what Jesus said. Verse 1, chapter 5, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, it's important for us to understand, he's talking about those who are poor in spirit, not just poor. Uh, He's not talking about physical poverty. Some people think that Jesus teaches that it's blessed to be poor. There's nothing blessed about being poor. Jesus never taught that. He's talking about those who are poor in spirit. And what that means is those who recognize that they are spiritually destitute. They have nothing to bring. They have a complete dependence upon God, spiritually, for everything. Now, people who are not poor in spirit have a a fundamental paradigm that isn't God lucky I chose to be on his team? Isn't God lucky I chose to be with him? Those are people who are not poor in spirit. Those who are poor in spirit say we are blessed if God invites us and allows us to be part of his team, even though we have absolutely nothing to contribute, nothing to bring. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So the first has to do with recognizing our poverty apart from God's grace. And the second refers to mourning for sin. The first is intellectual and the latter, the second, an emotional aspect of the same thing. You see, believers sorrow over sin, both their own sin and the sin of others. And by contrast, the people of this world take a rather lighthearted attitude towards sin. And they don't grieve over sin And because of that, they don't repent. The Bible calls on all mankind to repent from their sins, but no one's going to repent from their sin unless they really grieve over what they have done. And and so something has to happen for us to have our eyes opened and see what sin really is and what sin 
really does. And when that takes place, we can't do anything but mourn over sin, our own and the sins of others. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Many of the Beatitudes are based on passages of the Old Testament. This one is based on Psalm 37, which says, The meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. And, and it describes in that psalm what these people uh, are, are like, these meek people. It says, They don't fret because of evil men. They trust in the Lord and do good. They delight in the Lord. Are they still before him and refrain from anger? And so what other, while others are fighting over whatever they can get, these are people who are content with what God has provided for them and enjoy it. But notice here that it says the reward for the weak is that they will, will, will inherit the earth. And it's pointing towards a future reward. And what Jesus is describing here is the reward that we're going to get when he comes back and establishes his messianic earthly kingdom. So in the end, it's the meek, not the self-assertive, that are going to inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, people have different descriptions or definitions for the word righteousness. We're talking about right standing before God, being able to stand before God that is righteous. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And there's a couple of thoughts that Jesus communicates in this uh, beatitude. The first of which is that this doesn't come to everyone. It only comes to those who seek it wholeheartedly. And the second is that the seeker does not fill themselves, but rather is filled with the righteousness. In other words, it's a righteousness, it's a gift uh, from God. So really this beatitude is a challenge and a question. It's asking, how much do you desire righteousness, right standing before God? How important is it to you? Uh, is it, are you so uh, desirous of this righteousness that you're like a, a starving person looking forward to the next meal or someone dying of thirst wanting some water? Is that how intense you are about desiring this righteousness? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So after we've gone through the process of emptying ourselves and and mourning over our sin, that we're filled with God's grace and mercy and love towards others, and that changes us from being judgmental and critical. The more righteous a person is, the more merciful they will be. The more sinful a person is, the more harsh and critical they will be. If you're around people who call themselves Christian but are harsh and critical, you can be assured that they are filled with some unrepentant sin. The New Testament insists that for us to be forgiven, we need to be forgiving. And for us to receive mercy, we need to be merciful towards others. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And again, this is based on an Old Testament passage, Psalm 24. It reads, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? Who can come into the presence of God is the question. And then it goes on to answer that question. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is uh, false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So to be pure in heart is to have a single-hearted devotion. 
Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. All your heart. The problem is that many people don't seek him with all their heart. They're half-hearted about it. And such people won't see God. You're only going to see God if you're seeking him with all your heart. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, when we hear the word peace, we, in Western civilization, tend to think of an absence of conflict. But the Hebrew word shalom doesn't mean the absence of trouble. It means everything that makes for a person's highest good. It's not the absence of conflict or evil. It's the presence of all good things. And you know that sometimes you have to go through conflict to get the good stuff. And uh, you notice here that Jesus... That Jesus is not talking about peacekeepers, he's talking about peacemakers. It's easy to be a peacekeeper, just keep your mouth shut. Don't do anything, don't say anything, keep the peace. Jesus is not calling his followers to be peacekeepers, he's calling us to be peacemakers. There is and has always been people who are troublemakers. Wherever they are, they're creating quarrels. We're involved in quarrels, and such people are doing the devil's work. But there are other people who are trying to bridge gulfs and bring people together. The person who causes division is doing the devil's work, and he's a child of the devil. The person who is trying to bring people together and unite them is doing the Lord's work, God's work, and he'll be called a child of God because it reflects God's character. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So what Jesus is saying here is if we've done the Beatitudes that he's already outlined, it's going to inevitably result in persecution. Now, why is this persecution so inevitable? Jesus gives us the answer in John chapter 15. He said, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it but you're no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. So if we live as Jesus calls us to live, it will produce persecution. He goes on then to say, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So he said, when he says on my account or for my sake, it's linking this blessing with a profession of Christian faith and a lifestyle. And this blessing is on those who are persecuted because they're identified as Christians. And and persecution, Jesus says, shows we're in good company because we're among the greats, the great men and women of faith of history. And he promises that those who are persecuted for his namesake will receive a great reward in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt, and thieves do not break in and steal. In other words, our reward is sure and certain for all eternity. Now, when persecution comes, there can be a tendency to want to withdraw 
to step back. And so what Jesus says is, don't do it. You're called to be salt and light. Do your job. You're the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Now, in the ancient world, salt was valuable, and it had many functions. And one of the characteristics of salt was that it was an excellent preservative. It was what was used to preserve foods. And, and so one of the things we learn from it is that believers who are operating according to the Beatitudes preserve this world from a yet faster and deeper decay. Now, there's so much more in this that we don't have time for today, but again, it's found in our sermon series, The Sermon on the Mount. And that sermon series can be accessed when you go to highlands.us and click on the media link on the homepage. This is an outreach broadcast ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and it's called Study Verse by Verse. Pastor Leighton Sheely is our teacher, and he does just that. That's his style, to take us verse by verse through whatever book of the Bible he happens to be in. And, of course, we're in the book of Matthew today. We will continue with this message tomorrow. I hope you can join us. I'm Mike Trout. Be a blessing to those whose paths you cross today. And come back when we return and once again study verse by verse.